It's the trade deadline season as we move past the All-Star break and into the second half of the Major League Baseball season. We took it, take a look at who the Atlanta Braves could be targeting, what are some areas of weakness they could improve, and we take some of your questions as well as your thoughts on the trade deadline and what you would like to see the Braves do. All of that on today's episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Check out my bio there to see everywhere I am covering the game of baseball, including your Atlanta Braves over at tomahawktake.com. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves, where you can be part of the conversation, send in any questions, comments, feedback, that you have for the podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button on this video if you would. And also hit that notification bell so you get notified whenever we post a new episode. And thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of the day. We post episodes daily, five days a week, Monday through Friday, and are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode, Thursday episode, is strictly going to be about the trade deadline. We're going to give you a quick trade deadline preview take some of your questions and thoughts on what you would like to see the Braves do and also some questions on what the rest of the NL East could be doing as well as we enter the trade deadline season with the deadline of August 2nd coming up. So really going to be an important three weeks, really three of the biggest weeks I believe in a Major League Baseball season are those weeks leading up to the trade deadline because a lot of teams that are right there kind of in the middle, on the edge of being contenders, it becomes a real factor as far as what they're going to do. And you look at the Braves last year and that this time, you know, five and a half games out of the NL East, you know, entering the trade deadline and the Braves still went after it. And it may be one of the best trade deadlines ever with how everything played out. Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall. Uh, all those, Ida Rosario, all those guys coming in and being key pieces to a World Series run. So this really is one of the most important parts of a Major League Baseball season for teams is how they react to the trade deadline, the pieces they bring in, and how they pan out. Now, I've gone on record in saying, you know, the Braves moves at the trade deadline were great. It's not often you make that many moves and all of them work out. Again, I think Alex Anthopoulos was just you know, throwing things at the wall, bringing in all four of those guys and hoping, you know, maybe one or two of them kind of pan out. All four of them had big moments. You rarely see that. Obviously, the other part of that, uh, the Richard Rodriguez deal, that did not uh, go as planned. But, uh, yeah, that was one of the best trade deadlines I think you'll ever see. And, of course, when it leads to a World Series, that certainly wins that debate. But I wanted to start by looking at players the Braves could replace who on the roster right now is replaceable as you come up to the trade deadline where could the Braves make upgrades and I look at the pitchers on this staff and who are you really going to replace and don't tell me Will Smith because they're paying him a lot of money he's been really good in the past I know he struggled here recently I just 
I, I would be shocked if the Braves just all of a sudden cut him and made an upgrade somewhere else or with somebody else. Maybe Ian Anderson gets demoted if he can't turn things around. He has minor league options, so he can be demoted at some point. But he's looked better over his last couple of starts. Again, I think I think Will Smith is honestly one of the weakest points of a bullpen, a very good bullpen. But I think he's one of the weaker spots in it. But are you going to cut a guy that you're paying, you know, thirteen million? Um, you know, owed you know at this point half of that for the rest of the season. Again, they may. Uh, and again, it depends on how aggressive Alex Antopoulos wants to be at this deadline. But I'll talk more about that in a second. But going through the rest of the pitchers, you know, Jackson Stevens, uh, he's he's out of options. You're not cutting him. Jesse Chavez has been too good. O'Day is on the IL right now, and when he comes off of that, he could be getting DFA'd. I think he's probably the weakest link right now and most likely to be cut, and he's been good at times as well. Uh, Dylan Lee is one of the few relievers who has options left, but are you really going to send him down right now with the way that he's pitched? So, again, with fans are emotional. I'm emotional. I get that way. But sometimes we think this bullpen is just so bad, but you look, go, run through that list of guys. Who are you really getting rid of? I mean, all those guys have been pretty solid. Uh, maybe you disagree. Let me know in the comments. But what bullpen arms are you really cutting? You know, besides, obviously, I know everybody wants to cut Will Smith right now. What bullpen arms are you really getting rid of? Which starters are you really replacing at this point? And you also have to keep in mind that Kirby Yates and Mike Soroka could be coming back within the next month. Now, look, Soroka hasn't even began a rehab assignment yet. And once that happens, I think it's at least a month until we see him at the big league level. So I know they haven't given a timetable for him, but just from what I am reading and seeing, I think we're looking at late August before we potentially see Mike Soroka at this point. Kirby Yates, who has began a rehab assignment, I think we could see him you know, early August, but still that's a roster spot that's going to be taken up once those guys are ready and proved to be healthy. So there's just not a lot of room to maneuver on this pitching staff in places where you could make upgrades. So that's why I don't predict, predict a lot to really be done at the deadline. Certainly not anything major, but particularly with the pitching staff, I just don't know who you get rid of at this point. Um, unless one of these players is going to be part of a trade for, you know, a big upgrade. Um, but I'll talk more about that here in a second. Going to the hitters, Cano can be replaced. Guillermo Heredia can be replaced. The one thing with Cano is, you know, Albies, they did give a timetable for him. They're expecting him back sometime late August. Maybe you ride it out with Cano and Arcia until then. I could see the Braves making another move for uh, you know, perhaps an upgrade over Cano, depending on how he does, you know, coming out of the all-star break over the next couple of weeks. Um, but he's somebody, you know, that could be replaced on the bench. Guillermo Heredia, I love him and I love the, what he does for this team and his personality, but kind of like Pablo Sandoval last year, he's basically a team mascot at this point. He really serves no other purpose on this team. So would love to see him get replaced with a left-handed outfield bat. Uh, but those are the two... I mean, you look at this roster, those are really the only two guys that I think are replaceable right now are Cano and Heredia. Everybody else seems like, you know, a necessary need for this team. 
Um, obviously, I know a lot of people would love to see the Braves get into Azuna, and that's some of the questions that we'll talk about later. I just feel like he's unmovable right now at this point. You know, the bottom line, if the Braves are going to make any upgrades to the deadline, it's likely going to have to include a subtraction from the roster. You know, giving up a, a solid bullpen arm uh, along with a prospect, you know, to make an upgrade for a, a bullpen arm or a starting pitcher. Again, it's just it's really hard for me when I look at this roster objectively and say, where can you really make marginal upgrades? Who are you really getting rid of? You know, are you going to are you going to package Ian Anderson in a in a deal to get Luis Castillo? Um, because I really think that's what you would have to do in order to make that happen. Not to mention the Braves farm system is one of the worst in baseball, as we just talked about with them trying to recoup that in the recent draft. So again, I, I don't I don't see much significance happening at the trade deadline. You have Rosario and Duval already, and you're paying them good money to be basically a platoon in your left field and DH position. You know, perhaps you make a trade and you have to include one of those in the deal because the Braves are already at their highest budget they've ever been at as well. So Again, I get it from a fan's perspective. You want your team to go all out at the deadline to make serious moves to win a World Series, but uh, where the Braves roster is, where their budget is, I just don't see that happening. And again, I hope Alex surprises me, and uh, I think hope we have a, a very exciting deadline. I think he'll make some at least some marginal moves, like I said, maybe to upgrade the bench and the bullpen. He'll find a way to make that happen, but there's just not a lot of wiggle room when you look at the roster, when you look at the financial constraints that they have and where the budget is. I just don't, I don't see that happening again. You know, Will Smith getting paid a lot of money. He's probably the one area you would like to upgrade in the bullpen to get another, you know, strong dominant back end bullpen arm, but you'd have to attach a prospect with Will Smith to move him in order to make an upgrade. That's just a lot of, moving parts and again you're taking from a farm system that is already you know not very deep so are there any big moves i don't think so i don't think we see any big moves i think dreams of you know luis castillo and possibly even andrew benintendi seem unlikely at this point just from a roster standpoint now things could change over the next couple of weeks you know another big player gets injured and then you have to go out and make a big move and honestly if that's going to happen. You want it to happen over these next three weeks and not after the trade deadline where you can't, where you're limited as what you can do about it. So we're talking about marginal moves on the bench, you know, upgrade the bench, perhaps a bullpen arm. That's all I really see the Braves doing at the trade deadline, making some, some marginal moves, getting a left-handed outfielder for the bench, you know, perhaps replacing Cano uh, with somebody else until Ozzy Albies comes back and then hopefully adding a back-end bullpen arm. Those are really the, the only moves I see the Braves get getting done, and that's really all I need to see the Braves get done. I've talked about this before, even when the Braves were slumping early on. This is your team, for better or worse. This is your team, and they're going to have to figure it out, and they have. Look, you're 18 games over 500. I mean, you're right there in the thick of a playoff race. I know fans are upset they haven't overtaken the Mets yet, but you're right there where you need to be, as I said when I was recapping the first half. So this is your team. I don't see many major moves. I see some marginal moves for bench bats and perhaps a back-end bullpen arm, but that's all I really see. 
But let's talk about what you see next after the break. I want to look at some of your questions and who you think the Braves should be targeting in this coming up trade deadline. Today we're talking about Sports Card Investor app. We've talked about this a lot already before. If you haven't already, you need to go download the Sports Card Investor app. It really is a great app for any collectors of the hobby. It's something that I use and it's a really great tool. You're able to go in, search for players that you're looking for, prospects, see what their current trends are on the market, what that looks like, what the value of a card is, you know, whether you're thinking about buying one or you have one you want to sell, you can see the trends right there in the Sports Card Investor app and you can even use their link into eBay to go and purchase the card there. You can look at prospect cards, look at old vintage cards. It really is a great resource for all card collectors out there, something that I enjoy using and have used a lot since discovering this app. So again, go out to the Google Play stores, go to uh, Apple Store, make sure that you download the Sports Card Investor app today. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting back on July 18th, Locked On started giving you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Again, starting this pa- this past Monday on July 18th, Locked On NFL. Uh, you can get locked off Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts to listen to the top 50 most valuable players in the NFL from our supporters over there at Bet Online. All right, so I got a couple of trade questions I wanted to talk about. It's a, it's a lot of the same questions I'm getting from a lot of fans out there, so I think this is good to cover as kind of a primer going forward. This one comes from Chris Shaffey, 84, says, do you see the Braves getting Jock back, or who do you see them getting? Kind of already talked about where I see the Braves going, and obviously a left-handed outfield bat I think would definitely be high on their list. A lot of that depends on what the Giants do over these next couple of weeks. I think the Braves would love to get Jock Peterson back if they can, but the Giants are only half game out of a playoff spot. They're five games over 500. They are 12 and a half back in the division, so that's pretty much out of the question at this point. But, I mean, they're right there in the thick of a playoff race. Are they really going to sell off at this point? I thought there were that a couple of weeks ago they were flirting around 500, almost dipped below 500, uh, but then had a good week to kind of get them back, get themselves back in the race. So they're one of those teams that the next three weeks here are going to be overly critical as far as what they do at the deadline. They have five against the Dodgers, including four coming out of the All Star break, and then three against the Diamondbacks and four against the Cubs. So you know, a little bit of hard, a little bit of easy left in their schedule before the trade deadline. But I think it all just depends on how they play coming out of the break. If the Giants, you know, drop four or five to the Dodgers, they, uh, you know, drop or even if they just split with the Cubs, you know, I could see them perhaps thinking about trading off some of their, uh, you know, rental type contracts like Jock Peterson. So I think it's certainly worth it for the Braves if Jock becomes available. I would definitely do that. But with where the Giants are, you know, they have to consider is it worth trading Jock Peterson for a marginal prospect, a mid-level prospect when they have a chance to reach the postseason. So um, again, it all just depends on where the Giants are and what they're going to do. But I would certainly love to have Jock Peterson back, and I think the Braves would as well if he becomes available. 1D Junior 10 says, who do you see the rest of the division trading for 
Just want to see how you feel about the in-division competition and will the Nationals trade Juan Soto in the division? Uh, the Juan Soto talk is obviously dominating the trade deadline right now uh, with him apparently turning down a huge offer from the Washington Nationals. And with that, the Nationals saying that they are seeking to trade him. And the latest reports say that they're looking to patch package uh, Patrick Corbin along with him to try to unload some of that money. As far as your question, will they trade him in the division? I think they'll trade him to whoever gives them the best package. Look, they're not trying to compete in a couple of years now, especially if they're trading their best player. Then we're talking about you know two to three, maybe even four years before the Nationals are looking to compete again. So I don't think they have any qualms with trading him in the division if they get the best package. If the Mets are going to give them you know two or three of their best prospects, including you know Francisco Alvarez, which is I would not do any type of deal with the Mets unless he is in that package. But that's why I'm hesitant to think Juan Soto gets moved at all, at least right now. I think it's still probably better for the Nationals to wait till the offseason when it's open to more teams and you have more suitors uh, and more time to really dive into it and get the best package. But you know, a lot of people out there in the media think he will definitely get moved before August 2nd. But again, it all just comes down to the high, highest bidder. I don't think I don't think the Nationals would not trade him in the division. I think it just comes to what is best for the future of that team. As far as the in-division uh, competition and who they could be trading for, I think that's a good question and something to consider as we look towards the deadline. You know, the Phillies are always looking to improve their bullpen. Would not be surprised if they get at least two back-end bullpen arms. Um, they could also use a ro rotation arm. Uh, so they probably they probably don't have the prospects to get Luis Castillo. That would kind of shock me. I think the Phillies likely get you know a couple of back end relievers and a mid rotation starter. Um, I don't see them making any huge splashes at the deadline, especially with the with where Bryce Harper is and in his return. He's obviously really banged up right now. Um, I think that kind of plays into their decisions what they do long term. You know they're already pretty far behind the Braves and the Mets and the, in the division. So they're pretty much looking at a wild card spot right now. So I think they make a couple of small moves for some back-end relievers and then a mid-rotation starter. The Mets, I think, will make at least one big splash, likely for a bat. Hopefully it's not Juan Soto. It could be another national. It could be Josh Bell. I think they look to try to get somebody for that first base DH position. And Josh Bell, CJ Crone are a couple of names I've heard mentioned for that. So they likely grab a big bat and then perhaps a, a bat, another back end reliever. Their starting rotation is pretty good. Obviously, they're hoping to get DeGrom back as well in the second half. So that's what I see the Mets doing a big bat and then another reliever. Everybody's trying to get relievers at the deadline. The Marlins are an interesting one. You know, they could be buyers, they could be sellers, they could do nothing at the deadline. Um, or they could do, you know, a little bit of both. So I'm not really sure where the Marlins go. Uh, they have a couple of interesting pieces if they want to trade off some players that, you know, are expiring contracts or maybe have two years of, of control left or this year and another year. But I think the Marlins are, you know, very interesting as far as what they're they're going to do. They are not far from contending, competing. So I think they obviously aren't trading anybody with two or more years of control, uh, but I could see them, you know, doing a little bit of both. I could see them trading for a, a player that has two or three years of control left, like a, a Brian Reynolds uh, that I know a lot of Marlins fans are, are mentioning. 
to upgrade center field. So I think the Marlins are an interesting case leading up to the deadline. Nationals are selling everything. We just talked about it. They're even selling the team. Um, they, are, they are looking to get rid, rid of whatever they can leading up to the deadline. So they will be, they will be big sellers, and obviously they have the biggest piece right now in Juan Soto. All right, next, I want to come back and talk about some more of your questions regarding to the trade deadline uh, and put a bow on that conversation as we gear up for uh, the trade deadline in a couple of weeks. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk and built bar, but guess what? Your friends have built have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor that you love and a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. They are, the good li- the, um, they are good for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you as well. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now and use our promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. That's LOCKED15 at checkout at built.com for 15% off. Our final question here comes from Jared Vickery, who sent in uh, a number of questions here that I want to discuss because a lot of these are questions I I see frequently. Um, and not to dismiss Jared's questions, but I kind of want to kind of want to put a uh, a nip in the bud of some of these questions that I keep getting. Um, and one of those is assuming Albie Soroka and Yates all come back healthy at some point. Uh, these are the needs that Jared mentioned. A left-handed outfield bat that can get on base since we have enough power. Maybe Benintendi for David Sinney, Noah, et cetera. Hopefully it doesn't take Muller. I think it has to take at least Muller. I know Benintendi is a pending free agent, but he's one of the biggest bats on this trade market. I think you're going to have to give up you know, a solid prospect to get him. I would have thought that if the Braves were going to get him, you know, perhaps they had preliminary conversations when they made that deal with the Royals. So I think they at least know what the, what it would take. Um, But the Royals are obviously smart to wait until the deadline, you know, and just continue to make a bidding war. Cause like I said, he's one of the highly, most highly sought after bats on the market. I just don't know that the Braves are willing to give up, you know, a top 10 prospect again for a system that's, already kind of depleted and Mueller isn't just a top 10 prospect in the Braves farm system. He's a top five, three, maybe even prospect in the Braves system. And I don't think they'd be willing to give that up for Ben and right now. So again, I know Ben and a, a big name out there and a name. A lot of Braves fans are hoping for. I just don't think the Braves are going to be able to pay that price or be willing to pay that price because Ben and is going to have a lot of suitors at the deadline. Uh, next, Jared says, trade Ozuna somehow, some way. And this is another one that I see quite frequently. And Jared even says, maybe Ozuna and money for Gallo. And I've heard that one as well. I just don't see how that makes sense for the Yankee standpoint. I, I understand Gallo has not been good over there, uh, which is surprising with that right field 
uh, porch that you have in Yankee Stadium. But why would they take on a guy who has two more years of control, a contract that gets even bigger the next two years for a guy who's you know an expiring contract after this year, he's off their books. You know what? It just doesn't make a lot of sense from the Yankees' standpoint. I think the Braves would have to send a good bit of money in that deal as well as a prospect to even make that happen. So, look, I know a lot of you are are asking this question. How can the Braves trade Ozuna? When are they going to trade Ozuna? Maybe it happens in the offseason and you do a bad deal type of swap and maybe you attach a prospect to Ozuna. I just don't see that happening in season. Maybe Alex gets creative, finds a way. It wouldn't be to upgrade the roster. That would be a pure money dump type of move, and those just don't typically happen at the trade deadline. That's more of an off-season type of move. And then lastly, Jared says, get a bullpen arm, which I think they will. Says there's several options out there. A reliable right-handed arm that doesn't cost a lot. And I think this is most definitely going to happen. I know I talked about the, the numbers crunch in the bullpen with the pitching staff, not really many areas to upgrade, but I do think at the very least, Alex goes out and finds a right-handed arm for the back end of the bullpen, somebody to help out AJ Minter and Kenley Jansen, because as much as the guys have been great in the bullpen, I don't know that I'd trust Jesse Chavez in a playoff spot in a tight game in the seventh or eighth inning. I certainly don't trust Will Smith right now. You know, the other guys, while they've been good, Dylan Lee, Jackson Stevens, you know, Colin McHugh, I, to me, those just aren't guys that I don't I don't know if I can trust them in big situations in a postseason playoff type scenario. So I'd love to get another kind of dominant arm, especially with Tyler Matzik. He's just not that dominant arm right now that we were used to seeing. Um, so, you know, until that comes back, I think the Braves need a, a third you know, dominant arm at the back end of the bullpen to go with Mentor and Jansen. So I think AA certainly looks to make that happen at the deadline, but should be interesting. We'll be covering that here, you know, throughout the rest of the month. Going to start doing a segment looking at some current trade targets that I think the Braves should be going after to continue to send me in any of your suggestions as well. Appreciate the questions for uh, this podcast and suggestions. So send me in any of those at shortstopball at lockdown underscore Braves. That will do it for this episode. Thank you for making Lockdown Braves your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow talking about the second half of the season and previewing the series with the Angels, which I am excited that I will be at. Uh, so we'll be talking about that on Friday's podcast. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects, where host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia covering the brightest MLB stars of tomorrow and also diving deeply into the MLB draft. Like this podcast, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And again, thanks for listening, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. You can follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 